thanks for the singing. I, maybe we should just do that for an hour. I was enjoying that. So, uh, welcome everyone, and uh, it's good to see everyone that's here. And uh, it's always encouraging to be back here. It's 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 a congregation of people that's striving to try to get to heaven. And notice I said striving because none of us are perfect. And that's kind of what I was going to preach on this morning or just have some discussion. And uh, as you know, I like to just take some verses and talk about them. And uh, I actually had another lesson I was going to talk about. And, uh, but I thought the Hebrew writer presented things in chapter 12 and, and uh, I was going to kind of bring in discipline and, and start talking about why we believe in discipline in the church. And, and it wasn't because we're mean-spirited. It's because we love. God disciplines people because He loves them. It's the same reason we discipline um, our children. We don't discipline them because we enjoy it. Matter of fact, probably have to question if you enjoy disciplining your children um, you know what are you doing because I've never enjoyed disciplining my children and as I tell you I, I have a temper but there's been times that I've disciplined my, my children in anger and I had to go back and apologize in frustration but the point is is I was going to talk about that but then I said you know it's really interesting how the Hebrew writer follows this up and talks about this. And, and I want to start off in Hebrews 13.8. In Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. That is a powerful statement. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. I think there's a lot in that statement. I'm not going to, I'm going to say a few words about that statement, but I'm not going to say a lot. But, and I'll use myself. I hope I'm not the same that I was yesterday. And I hope I'm not the same in the future that I am today. And the reason I say that is I keep trying to put off the old man I still have the old man today, and in the future I want to have better of the new man, the convert. But notice our Lord and Savior is the same yesterday, today, and forever, because he's perfect. So he doesn't have to change. But I think that speaks volumes to us that we have the head of the church That's perfect. And he's the same. And so as we study the scriptures, and I think that's why we have to study, is because his word's not changing. And that's what we're going to discuss this morning. So we're going to wind up at verse 8 at the end of this lesson. But I start off to tell you that's, that's what Christ is about. Turn back in your Bibles to Hebrews 12, 25. 12, 25. 
And it says here, see to it that you do not refuse him, Christ, who is speaking. Make sure you do not refuse him. And he references back to the Old Testament. Now, if you look at verses 22, 23, and 24, you see, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant in verse 24, and, and to the sprinkled blood, which speaks better than the blood of Abel. He's, the hymn there is going back to Christ in verse 24. See to it that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if those did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, and this is referencing back to Moses, because if you'll look up prior verses, we're actually talking about Mount Sinai. He, he goes back and makes a reference of, of Moses went up on Mount Sinai to speak to God and bring the law to us, and Christ has come from heaven and given us the New Testament, giving us a new covenant. And so, so he's saying, if the children of Israel didn't escape, much less will we escape who turn away from him who warns from heaven. Very powerful words here that we have in the Old Testament. They didn't escape when Moses told them. Why do we think we're going to escape if the Holy Spirit and Jesus is telling us? Now, I got news for you. I've been in my life, and still am probably, Houdini. I'm still trying to escape. That's kind of where we started off. Christ is the same. I'm not. So, much less will you escape who turn away from him who warns from heaven. And his voice, verse 26, his voice shook the earth then, but now he has promised also, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. So he's not only going to come, not only is the earth, but it's going to be everything. It's everything that he's going to shake up. This expression, yet once more, yet once more denotes the removing of things which can be shaken as created things so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Think about created things. And we're going to talk about some of this later on. We're going to brush over it, but we're going to talk about it. Created things. Think about how much time we spend thinking about created things. And he's saying, these are the things that's going to be removed. These are the things that's going to be removed. The things that cause conflict between human beings are created things. And he's telling us, denotes removing those things which can be shaken as created things. That those things which cannot be shaken may remain. So what are the things that can be shaken and the things that can't be shaken? 
eternity. God's plan. Heaven cannot be shaken. Now, notice we use, we've used heaven and earth a little bit. There's the heavens, which is the created world. I can't tell you how he's going to do it. I can't imagine it. But he says he's going to shake those one day, the things that are created, in which I've expressed my opinion. I believe it was all created. You know, in our day and time, we have to say that. So, he's going to shake the things that are created. Therefore, verse 28, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. I don't think verse 29 was stuck there just kind of to be nice ending of, of that little statement there. Now, let's remember, men came into the Bible, into God's Word, and put verses there in chapters. I am not, I think that's great. I would hate to study the Bible and couldn't tell y'all to go look at this. I'd say, you know, look at this page on your Bible. It's probably, you know, two paragraphs down. Men came in here and understood we needed to try to figure out how to be able to talk to each other because these words are important. But let's remember that this was all written by Paul by the Hebrew writer and that he you know sometimes the chapters and everything they wasn't there so we don't want to leave something out but I think therefore since we receive a kingdom the kingdom cannot be shaken the spiritual things cannot be shaken everything I own my body my possessions all of that's going to go away we all know whenever we meet that day that we're going to transform from this physical body over to that spiritual. We're not taking any of that with us. The only thing we're going to take with us is, is our obedience to God. And to me, let us show gratitude He's telling us we have a kingdom that can't be shaken and make sure that we approach that in a different way. This is not somebody giving me a cheeseburger. And I need to approach it in a way that honors our God. We have to move towards God. We have to do God's things in an acceptable way. An acceptable service and reverence and all. And to me, that's a, that's a very... Because go back up to 25 whenever he said they didn't escape in old whenever they didn't obey God and it was from Moses. And you're surely not going to escape whenever it's coming from heaven, from Jesus. And he's saying, we, should, we need to approach that. We need to approach the scriptures in a way, in our lives, 
that we're saying God is awesome. And I need to approach His Word in a way that I'm trying to live a better life every day. Because I got news for you. I wouldn't go to heaven if verse 8 in chapter 13 is said about clay. Clay is the same yesterday and today and forever. I wouldn't be going to heaven. None of us would probably. I don't think any of us come out of the womb like we got it. So we better approach God's word with reverence and awe because God is a consuming fire. Now, we have His grace and we and we can talk, we'll talk about that. But His grace only comes whenever we, He sees us with that gratitude and that accept and acceptable. Notice that acceptable. So so and this is when I talked about chapters. The the uh, break was not there. And so I think the next five verses gives us a glimpse of acceptable service. It gives us a glimpse of what is acceptable. Now, I don't believe the Hebrew writer was all-encompassing in these verses. And kind of what caught me is the things that he put here. I don't think it's all-encompassing because I can go to other writings and I can see other things intermingled in there. But I do see God's plan in all of this. That's what was interesting to me. I was like, wow, that's interesting. You know, so I, I've got to offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. So the first thing that I have to offer God acceptably is to love y'all. Now, I'm going to say this joke and don't never one of y'all come up here and say, well, am I one of these? Because I can tell you, I have, I have Santa and I have felt many blessings here. But that verse is easy for, for many Christians with me, but that verse is hard for me with some Christians. But nevertheless, that is my service to God, is to love brethren, to let love of the brethren continue. Now, I think it's real interesting. He didn't go in there and say love and life. like my own children. They frustrate me sometimes. But I love them. And I'm long-suffering. And that, let love of the brethren continue. Because it's not that I'm serving you. It's that I'm serving God by doing that. Because we go back up to verse 28. And I think, if you think about verse 29, he puts that in there. I think he puts that tickler in there. Don't think 
This is an easy game, and don't think I'm not going to judge you. Verse 29. Verse 2. I find this to be easier. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For by this, some have entertained angels without knowing it. That's our service. We're supposed to entertain strangers. Hospitality. That was in the Old Testament. That was one of the things that the Israelites were supposed to do. It was how they treated strangers. They had requirements. Now, in our society today, I would probably say this one's easier. There's people in this congregation that have encouraged me, Marsha, Susan, in how they entertain people and how they, they're out there. I don't do it as well as they do. But that's encouraging to me, and that's why I need to be improving. There's many people in here that, that encourage me in different ways. But notice I have to show hospitality. Now, I, I can't answer you about these angels. But he says, you know, I hope whenever I get to heaven that there's an angel there and say, hey, Lord, he entertained me. I hope that happens. But I don't know. I don't know what that means. But I can tell you, I can understand do not neglect, neglect to show hospitality. That's part of my service to Verse 3, remember the prisoners as though in prison with them and those who are ill-treated since you yourself also are in the body. Remember the prisoners. Now I'm not going to tell you everybody in this congregation needs to jump up and let's go to the county jail or the state prison or the federal prison here. I think we all have our work. But it says, don't, it says, remember the prisoners. I think what he's telling us there, not only, I think he's being very specific about prisons, but I think he's also telling us here, remember the needy, remember the people. Now, in this time here, people were put. They didn't live in a time of a court system that we have. And our court system's not perfect. I think there's been people who's been railroaded. I'm not going to sit here. But I think it's a small percentage. But during Paul's time, we know he was in prison for preaching the gospel. Now, I don't think that's going to happen today, but I do believe it can happen in the future. So, think about that. Now, I... I always have to bring in some of my favorite passages whenever I'm doing this, and, and I'm not going to go over there and read it, but James 1.27, I want you to notice the similarities here. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God and Father is this, visit orphans and widows in their distress. And to keep oneself unstained by the world. That's, that's, that's James 1.28. That's just a couple of passages over. But do you see James 1.27 in verses 1, 2, and 3? Do you kind of see that summary? Do you see that that's, it's the same tone? My service to God is really about serving people. 
And that, and that carries on down. Verse 4, talking about serving people, about relation. I think the reason this one's in here, because it's the foundation. It's, this marriage thing is the foundation of our society. I think God meant it to be that way. Marriage is to be held in honor among all, and the marriage bed is to be undefiled. For fornicators and adulterers shall God will judge. We've all been all of these things that I'm talking about. We can get forgiven for that. That's the blessings that we have with Christ. We don't have to carry this burden around with us all the time. But we have to do these things. We have to repent of these things. We have to change. But I, I, I think it's interesting that he says God will judge. Verse 5. Make sure that your character is free from the love of money. We all go to work every day. And I bet if I ask everybody in here to raise your hand, did you take some overtime so you get a little bit extra money? We probably all raise our hand. Now I've never, well, I did have jobs, but in the last 30 years, I haven't had jobs that I could get overtime, but whenever I did have them, I worked every minute of it. Now, does that mean I was covetous? Whenever I had those jobs, I was trying to get through college. I was trying to get to a, you know, a degree. But the point is, it's the love. Your character is free from love of money. What do you dwell on? Do you have your money to help other people to do verses 1, 2, and 3? Or do you have that so that you can gather and make a kingdom for yourself. Or, maybe, as I've preached before, I use my money to build a hedge around my children. And today, I still encourage my sons and my son-in-law, you need to make money because you need to build a hedge around your children. You need to be able to control certain things for your family. So, but what is your love of money? Now, now, I will tell you, verse 5 gives me some challenge because this next part, well, maybe we all just skip it because we don't mess around the court. That's what I'd like to do. Because I think, make sure that your character is free from the love of money. Being content with what you have. Being content with what you have. That is a challenge for me. Sander tells me you've never been content. You've got to learn to be content. I was raised, meet the goal, get the next goal. Meet the goal, get the next goal. Now, I think that's fine if that doesn't consume my life. But I will tell you that's one of those areas uh, Paul talks about in Philippians. And we, I'm not going to turn over there. But I think everybody understands that being content... And, and being content is part of our service to God. I mean, go back to verse 28 in chapter 12. Because that's part of our service.
And I think the reason, and, and so, and this, this, so it amazes me the more <coughs> I study, the older I get, and the different problems I deal with. The last part of this, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. This comes from Deuteronomy. This is him telling the children of Israel. This is where we study, and they don't have faith, either in the, in the wilderness or whether uh, it's whenever they're in Canaan. We all study that and we say, what's wrong with these people? Why can't they I got news for you. I got problems with this. I will never desert you, nor will I forever forsake you. Do you have that faith? That's a tough thing to do. Verse 6, The Lord is my helper, and I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? What a broad statement. Do you have that faith? That's the faith. That is our service to our God. I will never desert. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? That is a that is a mouthful. If you don't get anything else out of this lesson, that's where we're supposed to be growing to. That is how we're supposed to be. Verse 1, loving your brother, I think I can conquer that most days. But having the faith that the Lord is my helper and I will not be afraid. That is a mouthful. Now verse 7, I, I didn't quite, I mean, I, I I think he put it in there. Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. So I think as you read through some of these, whether it's Paul being stoned, whether it's Peter standing up on the day of Pentecost, imitate those that had the faith. Look at the Old Testament and understand what great faith as we studied on Wednesday night Hezekiah had. And I think whenever you go back through these, these six verses prior that we read, I think he's telling you, you got to look to these people because we're not perfect. I think there's so many emphases in here that you need help. We got to grow together. We're not going to be. We can't stand alone. The devil's working on us all the time. So we have to come together. And back to verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. We're supposed to be working for the unshakable things. Now, we have to have material things. You know, I can go show you verses that says if a man doesn't work, he can't eat. But what am I working for? Am I working so I can eat and serve God? Or am I working so I can go from 
beans and rice and rice and beans to steak. Now, I can tell you, I, I, I can do both. And I, I can tell you I have problems with both. And the last thing I want to mention, verse 9, and it talks about the constancy of Christ. Do not be carried away by varied and strange teachings. Do not be carried away by varied and strange teachings. Today, more than ever, do we see strange teachings from the Bible. And he's telling us not to be carried away from that. We have to go back to the first century. Read God's word. What do these words mean? How can I apply these lives so I can become better tomorrow than I was today? And better than I was yesterday? Because Christ had it right. Do not think we're not in a battle here. Do not think that the first century church had different challenges than we had. Because they did But the key thing that we have to have faith is in verse 28. The kingdom cannot be shaken. We have to grow our faith so that we're not shaken. Because whenever you get down to verse 6 and 13, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? That's a, that's a tall order. <clears throat> Brothers and sisters, I'm not up here saying that's easy. I, I'm not telling you I got that. I'm just telling you, you're supposed to have it. You're supposed to get it. <laughs> Thanks for laughing. I'm glad y'all laughed at that. <laughs> Those are tall orders God's given us. Christ has given us. So I hope the lesson has been encouraging to you. Our service to our Lord is not easy. There's every day we're not going to get it right. There's going to be times I think over time we can get it right. But we've got to keep studying. We've got to keep encouraging one another. And we've got to be focused on the unshakable things. If we focus on the shakable, the, the shakable things, Money, greed, immoralities. You notice all of those were mentioned there. Self. Notice, notice verses 1, 2, 3. I didn't make this point. But notice we were serving everybody else. It wasn't about them. And we live in a world about self. And this, you know, I just... I, I just uh, I, talk, I spoke with somebody the other day and um, my children described this young lady I, I think she's 20, 19, 20 I don't know how old she is but she said she's like her mother she's always serving somebody and I thought wow what a testimony what a testimony that a 20 year old might already have some of this stuff licked now I'm sure, I, I don't know the young lady that well, that's why I was asking my children, but that was that's how they described her. I wonder how my kids would describe me. 
let's focus on the unshakable things. Let's focus on the kingdom. And let's try to get everybody there. Uh, if there's anyone here that needs to obey the gospel, if there's anyone here that needs the prayers of the congregation, we always leave this time at the end as we stand and sing. Amen.